This paid program may not represent the views of Hubbard Broadcasting Incorporated or Federal News Network. Statements and opinions of this broadcast are solely those of individual contributors or advertisers as indicated. Federal News Network does not take responsibility for those statements or opinions and accepts no responsibility or liability for any inaccuracy, errors, or omissions reported during this program. Welcome to Executive Leaders Radio. In this hour, you'll hear directly from our region's finest business leaders. Through each of the interviews, these high-achieving leaders become relatable role models who share how they were able to build their enterprise, their personal secrets of success, about leadership styles and opportunities that lie ahead. Prepare to be inspired and entertained and to hear wisdom unheard elsewhere. Executive Leaders Radio. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio, broadcast from the Arlington Chamber of Commerce. This is your host, Herb Cohen, with my co-host, Joe Applebaum, Potomac Companies, Mike Ross, now Arlington Chamber of Commerce, Frank Bandicone Resnick, Shirley Mowry Hertzbach, Joe Masteller, PB Mayers, and Daniel Patterson, Brunch Digital. We have a great lineup of guests for you on our show today, including Jenny Stone, founder and president of Partner Forces, followed by Frank Banda, managing partner, public sector, Cohn Resnick. Jenny Rickard, President and CEO of The Common Application, and Leslie Steele, CEO and co-founder of InterImage. Let's get to know our first guest first, Jenny Stone, founder and president of Partner Forces. Jenny, what is Partner Forces? What are you guys doing? Partner Forces is a management consulting company, primarily for the federal government's specialties are Homeland Security, National Security. Mm -hmm. And uh, how large or how small is this organization? We have 17 um, employees, and mm. we did $3 million in business last year. And how'd you get a job with this company? I founded it. Oh, where are you from originally? Houston, Texas. How many brothers and sisters? One younger sister. One younger sister. And we were talking earlier, and I got the sense that you were pretty mature as a kid. Where did the sense of maturity come from, and how, how did it show up 8 to 14 years old? Um, my dad lost his job with Enron um, right in middle school and caused a lot of instability. And so I think I naturally sought out some other adults and mentors in my life. Um, do you, do you outside remember? Of the do you home. remember that period of time? Like, how did that feel? Felt scary. Um, I remember, you know, we significantly cut back on our things that we could do with our resources, and life changed. It was very stressful. Mm -hmm. Frank, what what lessons learned uh, do you have from that period of time from your dad's layoff, and how does that relate to your business today? Um, there's a mistrust in large institutions that, you know, I never, um, felt like just cause you're working for the big name company, somehow you were safe. Um, I've always worked at gravitate towards smaller companies where I was known in a known entity. And then naturally starting my own company, I felt pretty, um, self-sufficient and knew and it gave me the control to make the decisions. Mm -hmm. Joseph, you have a lot of confidence in you. Tell me how sports help develop and, and go from there. Um, I played softball and soccer. Um, softball, I was the pitcher, um, was the center of the field, and um, had a lot of control on each play, felt a lot of pressure. At soccer, I was the center midfield, which allowed me to go all over the field um, to do almost anything I needed to do. I was a very aggressive player. And you also captain these sports as well? Yep, I was so captain of the soccer team. Uh, I don't remember how many years um, in high school, but I was a, a leader on the team. Mm -hmm. What's that have to do with what you're doing nowadays? Um, well, I lead, my, my favorite thing to do is to build teams. Partner Force is the name of the company. I build teams. I try to bring the best. Um, you know, I have people that play one position really well and people that can play multiple. Um, mm -hmm. I, I never did individual mm -hmm. sports. Shirley? How, how young were you when you first started making money? Um, I was in middle school, early middle school. And what was it that you did? I was a babysitter. 
And what would you say you did differently than other babysitters? Um, I really connected with the parents. Um, they really trusted me. I had repeat customers. Um, people were sad when I moved on from that. And how would you say that translates into your role today at your organization? Um, well, I connect easily with my customers and my staff, um, and I am naturally building relationships and building trusted partnerships is what I do. Michael? I repeat customers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Michael? So when we were chatting earlier, you'd mentioned your mom was kind of the glue of, that kept the family together during those that period earlier when your dad lost your job. Do you say, you say you're more like your mom or your dad? Yeah, for sure. I hope I'm more like my mom, <laughs> only the fact that she's so strong um, and really held the family together at our family, but then she also was the family leader of her family of nine brothers and sisters. So what kind of traits do you, have you picked up that have led you to your business right now? Um, well, she has amazing work ethic, hardworking. She's super positive. Um, she also also connects with everyone, makes everyone feel really special. All of my friends love my mom. They think she's a very special person. Um, nurturing, um, very nurturing, very loving. What's um, nurturing and loving have to do with building a business? I read the newspapers. It's all blood and guts and people firing people. Well, we're different. <laughs> we're different. What do you mean? Um, so it's hard in contracting. It's very transactional. Um, but I've really been able to build a team um, of people that have worked with me before. I get people through referrals um, and I'm building a, a company that feels like a family. And a lot of people are against that, but that this is my model and it's worked so far. Frank? Um, that is a, a great hard model to um, emulate, building a family. And um, But how does that relate to uh, the services you provide to your customers? So we say we do consulting um, innovation on the inside where we, we, unlike some consulting companies who go and meet with you, do the study and airdrop it on you, we really work within the confines of our, our client, um, understand their limitations, um, their restrictions, and, and we work to build something that works from the inside that's innovative. Joe? So you take a team rep- approach to this. Yep. And from your background, you've been able to assemble the team, put the pieces in the right places. Just how, do you, how, do you, how do you find that satisfying? It's thrilling. It's the most exciting thing in the whole world to whoa, win. Whoa, 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 whoa. What is? What are you talking about? What do you mean? It's, it, it doesn't feel good to just win, to just celebrate your own successes. It celebrates to see all the magic happen among the, the, the other people, the whole team. What are you talking about? Yeah, can you believe it? I thought that the I thought that it you know the reason that the the outside the building it has president or CEO is because you know you're special. You got the special parking space. Yeah, I don't advertise that specialness too much. Like I'll take charge and take the responsibility, but I like getting in the mix with my with my team and just being one of the people. Uh, outside your building, this is, do you have a special parking space? No, I'm a virtual company. Saving money, putting it back in the salaries. Daniel. So, Jenny, we were talking earlier, and it it sounds like positivity is a thing that just kind of resonates with you and and in your life and even just here talking. Can you kind of talk about what in your childhood gave you that outlook on life and kind of how you um, run your your company today with a positive outlook? Yeah, it goes back to my dad losing his job at Enron, and then years later, um, once all the falling out happened, um, there was a little bit of redemption there, right? So he, he had pulled out all of his investments and, and we were in a good place, even though so many people um, were in a really bad place financially. Um, and so there's a redemptive arc, I think, um, to life. And I, that's just one story of many I could name where things, you know, at the moment are really tragic and hard. And, and then, you know, there's life, life move forward, life moves Wait a forward. Minute. Uh, some people would call that persistence, but you're telling me the reason that you persist is you believe that there's a light at the end of the tunnel? Always, always. Really? Yes. Have you ever gone through tough stuff in your life, though, to really test that? Yeah. 
um, I my my goal was to work at the CIA, and I I was working trying to get the job for a year and a half, and got a note on my door saying that they had moved on, and I was no longer um, going to be getting a job with them. I was devastated. Uh, did you have this light at the end of the tunnel feeling at that point? No. Uh huh. So what happened? Um, I had to make. I had to make a living, so I got picked up by a consulting company, and they had a contract at Homeland Security, and I was like, okay, I guess I'll do this, and ended up loving it and, and helping um, you know, be one of the so first. So you're telling me from the black you found the white. Yeah, uh-huh. and I found something I absolutely love to do. Huh. And what is that? Um, well, I love working on mission-critical work. Um, I wanted to be an FBI agent or a CIA agent growing up, and so now, even though I'm not a federal um government person. I work alongside them while not tackling all those topics. Mm-hmm. All right. Who's got the next question? What is the right next question? Joseph, what are you picking up? I'm not sure up? I have the right next question, but why was 40 so important to you? Oh, my goodness. At 40, I got really brave. I did a lot of reflect, reflection um, the year before turning 40 and looked at what had happened over the last you know, 12 years of my life and my accomplishments and realized that I could I could do this on my own if I was just brave enough to do it. And so that was my big challenge. Do, do what on your own? What are you talking start about? Start a company. Start partner forces. Huh. You're married or single. Were you married or single when you started the business? Married. Uh-huh. What effect did your husband have when you were starting the business? He's amazing. He's my number one supporter. He's actually the, the person that encouraged me to go into this field instead of going to law school. Really? Yep. So uh, he, your husband encouraged you to do this, and uh, and you took the leap at the age of forty to do this kind of stuff. Yeah, huh? yeah. Uh huh. What's the best part of your day? Best part of my day uh, is getting to work with the team um, and working really hard. And then I'm fortunate enough that I can still pick up my kids from school. How many kids you got? Two girls. What's the similarity between being a mom and being the uh, founder and president of a business? Um, multitasking. I am a queen at multitasker. Mm-hmm. And people who say that you can't do a lot of things while are lying. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, being a mom actually has made, was training for this. What are you talking about? Yeah, like mean? being a mom. I couldn't have done this. My kids helped me get ready for this. How? Um, they, there's a lot of different things going on uh, all the time, different needs being met, different styles. My kids are both very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I have very different types of employees, different mm-hmm. ways of learning, different ways of hearing, mm-hmm. just like children. I and you have to learn how to do, you know, accommodate and be that. I to make sure I understood. Types. What's the website address of uh, Partner Forces? Partnerforces.com, and that's forces with an S.com. Mm-hmm. We've been speaking with Jenny Stone, founder and president of Partner Forces here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website. It's executiveleadersradio.com. That's executiveleadersradio.com to learn more about our executive leaders. We'll be back in a moment right after this break. Want help building your business with help from this show's CEOs? Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that. They've succeeded in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars, and some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. 
And your name is? Ray Briscuso. And Ray, what organization are you with? Life Sciences Conference Group. And what is Life Sciences Conference Group? What do you folks do? We produce annual conferences and events for medical technology, life science, pharmaceutical companies. Uh-huh. So if I go to an event, you're the folks that are working behind the scenes to make it happen? That's correct. We're the ones that make sure the food's on the table, the seats are there, soundstage and lights are there, your registration process works. And, and what kind of events are these? Are these just in the life science industry? Strictly in the life science industry. Why, why do you focus on the life science industry? Uh, we found that the best way to produce a high-quality event is to really know your customer. So we don't believe in numbers. It's names. We get to know each company. We find out what their actual mission and goals are, and we find the best way to deliver the value to them. And are you doing this nationally or regionally? We do it nationally. We continue to look for international opportunities, but it's primarily here in North America. And how old is this company? Uh, the company has just finished its 10th year. And how long have you been with the company? I founded the company 10 years ago. What gave you the idea to start this company? I used to work for a big corporation, and I produced the annual event for us. And when I decided to leave, they said, thank you for giving us $150 million worth of a business, and we'll see you later. Mm -hmm. Next time, I decided I would keep some ownership and do it myself. Ah, so you've been building, you've been building this ever since. What, what do you like about your job? I like how different it is because we mix policy, we mix business. I might be putting one CEO together with a politician, I might be putting another CEO together with an investor, mm -hmm. and I might be putting the next person together with their next employee. How interesting. Well, what's the website address for this organization? MedTechConference.org. Let me have that one more time. MedTechConference.org. And the name of the organization again is? Well, Life Sciences Conference Group. Life Sciences Conference Group. And your name is? Ray Briscuso. Ray Briscuso. We've been talking to Ray Briscuso, CEO and managing partner of Life Sciences Conference Group here on Executive Leaders Radio. This has been your business spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. And we'd like to introduce Frank Banda, managing partner, public sector of an organization known as Cone Resnick. What is Cone Resnick? Cone Resnick is a national CPA and advisory firm. Uh huh. How large or small is it? And how large or small is your chunk of it? Uh, Cone Resnick's about uh, 3,000 employees, $650 million a year in revenue. Uh, I run public sector, about 500 folks about $70 million a year in revenue. Mm -hmm. Where are you from originally? I'm from Maryland. Mm -hmm. How many brothers and sisters? Two younger sisters. And what happened to you when you were a kid? Um, when I was nine, my parents were divorced. Mm -hmm. When you were nine, your parents were divorced. And uh, who took responsibility for the family and what did it do to you? Um, my mom took responsibility. Um, it, was, it was a tough time for me. Um, I had, was very close my, with my dad. Um, and uh, we moved around quite a bit. Um, How many schools did you go to prior to graduating high school? I went to nine, nine schools. Mm -hmm. I went to six elementary schools, three middle schools, and, and um, one, one high school, fortunately, minute, so on, 10 schools. On, so, wait a second. so you're telling me that when mom and dad got divorced, you were close with dad, but you moved around the whole mess with mom. Wow. So you don't, you weren't, uh, you didn't see somebody as being wrong or right. You just wanted to bond with everybody. I did. So that's your nature. Your nature is the bond, isn't it? It is. So one of your strengths as a, as a, as a leader, one of your strengths as a manager is you're trying to find commonalities of how to pull everybody together. Uh, that's correct. Uh, give me an example how that shows up in business. When, when you're trying to run a, a large enterprise and you have a, uh, clients in a number of different industries and there's a lot of services that you're trying to offer, trying to match the people with the right skills with those services is somewhat difficult. So really trying to understand 
the 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 capabilities yep. of your people yep. is very very important. Your nature is to keep everything together. Joe, what are you thinking? What helped you cope with your parents' divorce? Um, sports was a big part of my life. And how did that help with what you're doing today? Um, well, you know, it gave me uh, first of all some solace. Um, it helped me not not to be sad as a kid. It enabled me to to meet people. Um, find a place where I was um, talented, good, um, but also could help um, help a team win. What was your best sport? Uh, my best sport was uh, baseball. And what position did you play? I played catcher. Now, how does that uh, roll into what you're doing today? Um, as the catcher, um, I was part of every play, and that's important to me being uh, a leader in my business. I felt like I was a leader on the field as a catcher. Jenny? Sports really helped you build confidence too, I imagine. It did, it did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Daniel. So you, you mentioned that you, know, you had a love for both of your parents, but that you know, your mom was kind of the one who, who took you under her wing um, and kind of took care of you guys. Can you talk a little bit about the qualities that your mom showed you um, during those times and, and kind of what qualities you take uh, into running a business today? Um, my mom um, always has uh, had a great work ethic. Um, she is uh, still working today. She's 75 years old, and um, she takes care of herself. She's a, she's a workout fiend. But she, she, she has taught me the, um, the value of uh, a great work ethic and also how important it is to take care of yourself. Shirley? And you also mentioned that you moved a lot as a child. Um, was that for family support to be around you? Or? Uh, my mom was always looking for uh, a better place for us to live. We didn't have much money uh, growing up, and she was always looking you know, for a place for us to have a, a better quality of life. And how does that translate into your role today? Well, I'm always trying to move um, the business forward. And I think improving a quality of life uh, for yourself kind of tells you you need to grow every year. So in order for your business to grow, you need to grow. And I spend a lot of time doing that. Michael? So in your formative years, you mentioned going to nine different schools growing up. Uh, what kind of traits did that help you develop over the years? Well, it you, you kind of figure out how to um, to get along and I didn't realize it then but it was you know you were developing a formula so the formula was almost always the same you know you 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 show that you're good at sports you get along with folks and it's similar in business today you got to figure out where your sweet spot is in business and how you can serve your clients mm -hmm. Joe there we go Joseph so you mentioned that the sports has been so important with with your job today talk to me a little bit about how sometimes there is some disappointment in it and sometimes there may be some uh, gratitude because of somebody else succeeding you know that that's a it's a, a great question sports you know teaches you to be resilient it also teaches you um, lessons learned and one of the things you know that we preach in my business is when we go after a proposal and we and we're not successful we don't look at it as a loss; that we look at it as an opportunity to learn. Mm -hmm. right, where, uh, where, where's mom and where dad come from? Um, they're they're both from the Washington uh, D.C. Mm -hmm. area. How about ethnic, uh, ethnically? My mom's Italian. My dad uh, is Filipino. Um, what was the effect of that on you as a kid? You know, as a kid, um, and when you move around a lot, you don't see a lot of. At the time, back in the early '70s, you didn't see a lot of 
uh, biracial, um, you know, kids running around. Uh huh. So, uh, so you grew up with a, in a biracial family, and you felt a little different, or what? How'd you feel? Yeah, you felt. I felt uh, a lot different as a kid. What do you mean? Well, you know, you you see most uh, most kids are you know blonde hair, blue eyed, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, you know, and you know you just you feel a little different. Uh, as a kid, I was very good in sports, but I was very um, I was overweight. Mm-hmm. So I was very self-conscious. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know it. You know, taking that, um, I just had to, in my mind, work a little harder. Uh huh. You didn't get angry, and you know, you didn't want to beat somebody up and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I got angry a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> so how how, how uh, nowadays? How's this fact that you were uh, that you 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 felt a discrimination in terms of being chubby as well as ethnicity? How's that affecting you nowadays in terms of your business career? Um, you know. Today, it doesn't have a dramatic impact because I've, I've realized that you know, a lot of it is perception and I work really hard to understand what the truth is and the truth allows us to grow our business. So we don't tell ourselves stories about our competition. We don't tell ourselves stories about you know, our, our clients. We, we try to get to, to the data and we try to get to the essence of what's important to everybody. Wait a minute, hold, hold on for a second here. So you're telling me that what you try to do is look at the truth. You try to look at the real stuff as opposed to stories. That's correct. And that helps you. How's that help you build a business? I'm trying to figure that out. It helps you uh, build focus. It helps you identify um, what the real needs are. And it helps you identify the, the, the right problems and the solutions to solve those problems. Now I see why you're running a $70 million business because it seems to me that you've got this great ability to really keep focused on what the real issues are by looking at the real issues. And secondarily, you have this significant skill of being able to figure out where everybody fits and keeping the team together. Am I right about that or that's, am I off That's base? correct. That's correct. It's, I spend a good part of my day trying to figure out who is best to take care of a certain situation or problem. Uh-huh. Are you the kind of guy that wants to stand up front and get all the credit? No, absolutely not. Well, why not? Uh, because um, I can't take all the credit. The credit belongs, it should be shared with everybody that is you know, creating our business. What's the upside of that? Um, the upside is, is that you can grow a, big, a business larger if you are sharing the credit. Wait, wait, give me that again. I, that doesn't make any sense to me. If I did a good job, I should get the credit. You, if you do a good job, you have to understand there are people around you helping you be successful. So the importance is identifying uh, where the credit should be spread, spread it greatly, and, and, and spend more time spreading the credit than taking the credit. And what's the benefit then? You know, I, so what's the benefit to the business and to me in the longer run then? Well, no one wants to work for a jerk. No one wants to, uh, to work for someone who's taking all the credit. Um, you know, the ability to build a great team is getting everybody to do their job, but also recognizing a, a job well done. So the key to me and to the business is I'm going to have a more committed team and a larger team going into the future if I spread the credit uh, and it's good for me as well as for the business. Am I understanding? That's, that's correct. Uh huh. I just learned the lesson. What, what's the website address of your organization? Coneresnick.com. C O H N R E Z N I C K.com. And your name is Frank Banda. You're the managing partner, public sector of Cone Resnick here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders. We'll be back in a moment right after this break. Want to help building your business with help from this show's CEOs? 
Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that. They've succeeded in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars, and some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars, and some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. And your name is? Jeff Lawson. And Jeff, what organization are you with? I'm with Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And wh- what do you guys do? What kind of stuff are you doing that's special? Well, we manage uh, conference centers and hotels, and we're currently managing the National Conference Center in Leesburg, Virginia. National Conference Center. How large or how small is this organization? Um, the conference center itself is 900 rooms in size, 350,000 square feet of meeting space, dining facilities for 850, uh, exercise facility all set on 61 acres of land. Wow, this is a large organization, isn't it? It is, very large. Uh-huh. And what's your role in the organization? I'm the general manager, and I have oversight of the uh, property and all the hospitality services that occur. Well, what's the general manager supposed to do with this large facility? Make sure, I have a, make sure eight executive community members and a, and a full uh, staff of 210 do their daily jobs. So how many folks do you have running through your halls on a weekly basis or daily basis or annual basis? What's that look like? Well, on a weekly basis on a full house, we'll have uh, 900 per night, um, seven nights, uh, 6,300, which translates to about 20,000 meals a week. Wow. And uh, your job, are you working nine to five or do you end up having to work evenings and early mornings and weekends and stuff like that? No, I'd say I'm always on duty. Uh-huh. Do you, wh- what do you enjoy about your job? Meeting people, working with some of the finest hospitality people in Virginia, which is my team, and meeting our clients because they're wonderful. So you're helping your clients plan their events? Well, we help plan. Uh, they are there for some form of education that goes on at one end of our business, and at the other end of our business, they're there for social catering events, uh, weddings, and such. So you're you're well, you're running a twenty-four by seven facility, aren't you? We are. Uh huh. What's the website address of this organization? Conferencecenter.com. Let me have that again. Conferencecenter.com. And your name again is Jeff Lawson. And the name of the organization? Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And this has been your business spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Jenny Ricard, President and CEO of the Common Application. What is the Common Application, Jenny? The Common Application is over 40 years old, and we're a nonprofit membership association committed to access, equity, and integrity in the college admissions process. So how large is the organization? And tell us about some interesting statistics. Yeah, we we just have under uh, 100 employees, but we serve more than 1 million students. Uh, oh, hundreds of thousands of teachers and counselors, and we have over 800 college and university members from around the world. Wow. And the purpose of the organization is making the college application process easier, fundamentally? It's it's basically we, we are committed to reducing barriers to access, uh-huh. um, as well as stress uh, uh-huh. in, in the college And where are you from process. originally? I grew up in uh, California, uh-huh. but was born in Ohio. Uh-huh. And uh, I got the sense earlier, we got the sense earlier in speaking with you in the agreement that, that clearing the path is really important to you. What's that all about? I really uh, care deeply about every student, every person being able to have access uh, to education because mm-hmm. it was a critically important um, mm-hmm. 
experience for me. All right. Frank? Jenny, what did your parents do for a living when you were growing up? Yeah, my parents, my mom had been a teacher um, before my brother and I were born. And my dad uh, was also an educator. He was uh, an athletic director and coach uh, and then went to get his graduate degree in in education Mm -hmm. and then worked in education. Frank? When we spoke in the green room, you had said they split when you were 12 years old. What impact did that have on you? Well, um, I would have to say it, it... it was a pretty lonely experience. Uh, divorce at that time was not something that uh, was very common. And What I, did you do about it? Well, I found that um, one of the things that I've learned subsequently, because it did, it did have an impact on me, is that oftentimes girls will try to make it seem like it's not having an impact on you. And I really immersed myself in, in school. And that was not only just in the academics, but in all sorts of different activities that I got involved mm-hmm. in. Joe? In a green room, you mentioned about playing sports. Did that help with the uh, being able to control what was happening within your life? It did. Getting back to sort of the lonely part of it, it was really being um, a participant and a team, a team member, part of a family, if you will. And I played um, uh, soccer, basketball, and softball. And it was a way to really get engaged and um, and connect with others. You mentioned that you also played uh, sports in college. I did. I played uh, soccer, basketball, and softball in college. And uh, for basketball, what what was the main driver of basketball? Why did you like it so much? So the thing I love about basketball, it's like it's such a great team sport because you have uh, different different positions. It's you really rely on each other, and you need you need to trust each other to to do do your job to to accomplish the goal. And that's what I just it's just so fulfilling uh, when you're working together and and. And, and achieving that goal. Whether whether you win or lose, you know that you've played hard and you've played together. How does that tie into what you're doing today? Well, one of the things that I, I love about my job is being able to work with a great team at, at the Common App. And then we also have just tremendous members. You know, we have over 800 college and university members that we serve. Um, and we want to be able to work with their different needs, whether they're a huge public flagship, you know, or a small liberal arts mm-hmm. college. You know, what can we do to serve them? Michael? So what do you want to be when you grew up? So um, I really got clarity about that when I was uh, a senior in college. I uh, loved my experience there. It was, I, I felt so grateful uh, to have that educational opportunity that I wanted to be a dean of admissions because I wanted to make it possible for all students to be able to learn um, about college opportunities. What's that have to do with what you're doing nowadays? Well, I, I feel incredibly fortunate uh, to be able to provide a, a, a streamlined, mm-hmm. you know, direct Jenny, tool for students. Jenny, what was your question? Well, I just know um, from parents and students all the positive feedback that, um, that that this common application has received, and it's really changed the way that they they do college. What do you mean? What are you talking about? Reducing stress. You know, you know that w- that's a huge anxiety problem around high school students these days about college applications. And I know that your 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 tool uh, has really helped. Yeah, and we're committed to that. That's that's one of the things we focus really very hard on. The other aspect that we uh, focus on is um, the fact that a of the million students who apply every year, a third of them will be the first in their families to go to college. And so we're adding these these services into the into the platform like scholarship, 
uh, resources. What do you find amazing about that, Jenny? What do you mean? Because that's just so great. I mean, you know, the college application process is a hard process to navigate, especially if you don't, if you're not familiar with it, if you're the first one from your family going into this. I mean, a lot of wealthy um, and, and people with more resources get college counselors and help and private assistance, you know, going through the college process. And it sounds like with your tool, it can simplify that. Daniel? So uh, we talked a little bit about how school was a, a de-stressor for you back when your, your parents split. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about how you are now de-stressing the, the college application mm -hmm. process for students and how that kind of thread connects. Yeah, so how, how the Common App is doing that is, is incorporating different counseling tools within the, the platform. We also have uh, scholarship resources because a big stress for students is the affordability of a college education. Um, we connect uh, students who um, are uh, fee waiver eligible to uh, online advisors uh, and mentors uh, to help them if they'd like that. So, so would you say that you're kind of trying to mentor students across the country now, similar to how you know your mentors in in school mentored you? I, I would say that that's that's absolutely something I, I want to I want to do. And so, who who helped you when you were a kid? Who was uh, who was there to hold your hand? Well, um, there were a lot of people along the way, at, uh, and I think about different ways that people held my hand. And I would say teachers of mine uh, were were very. Important. Give us and an I, example. Give uh, us a specific my example. My fourth grade teacher um, was pretty incredible uh, in terms of what her expectations that she set for the class. What are you talking about? What uh, do you mean? So she we she actually created these like individual plans that you had to as a fourth grader make sure that you were meeting the deadlines on your own for the things that you committed to and signed up for. Um, and they weren't easy. There were different math challenges and English why challenges. Why do you remember that? Why was she so, Why did she have such an impression on you? Because I had not had a teacher who had put that level of responsibility or accountability on me um, How'd you as, perform? As you know, actually, it was pretty interesting. I was 10 days late uh, on turning in... Um, my individual plan and what did you I, learn from that experience i learned not to do that again uh -huh. and but it was because my own my own sensibility about it i really felt that i hadn't done what i'd committed to do i how does that help you build an organization nowadays i feel um very committed to um what our our vision is that we've laid out what our strategic plan is because people rely on that, and mm -hmm. we have members relying on that. We have yeah. students relying on that. Let me ask you a question. Do, do you feel like you work for a living? I feel like I um, am paid to be myself. What so. are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean? Um, I just feel so fortunate to, to have this opportunity uh, to serve the members, serve the students, um, and and lead a team that is phenomenal. Do you, do you ever but, go to? You ever start work before nine o'clock with emails and stuff like that, or work after five o'clock? I I don't do the email thing mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, early or late and mm -hmm. I tend to my mind is always on I can't quite turn it off you get paid extra for doing that no well why do you bother doing it because I really care deeply about what about providing every student who wants access to education with that opportunity but you don't get paid extra for doing that why do you bother because it's incredibly important for those students and for our society where's that come from in you well, I, I, my, both of my parents were educators, and I did grow up with the idea that education is the most valuable thing. But they got divorced. Didn't you think that whole thing was wrong about education? 
I didn't I didn't think so. My whole experience along the way, and then that college the college experience was really transformative. To what me. do you mean? What are you talking about? I remember applying. I because I remember applying to college, and it was before the internet, um, mm-hmm. and I didn't know about the Common App, although it existed on paper. Uh, and I just sort of went through a process and applied to schools and then went to a school <laughs> without necessarily knowing what the impact would be. And the fact that I could see my senior year what a different person I was uh, from my first year. So and you're committed to helping other people through that process? I am. Sounds like you're like the master mother or something here. Well, I, uh, I really I, I want everybody to be, be able to be their best selves. Mm-hmm. What's the website address of this organization known as uh, the Common Application? It's commonapp.org. Let me have that one more time. Commonapp.org. Commonapp.org. And we've been speaking with Jenny Ricard, President and CEO of the Common Application here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website. It's executiveleadersradio.com. To learn more about our executive leaders, it's executiveleadersradio.com. To learn more about our executive leaders, we'll be back in a moment right after this break. And your name is? Tia Flick. And Tia, what, what organization are you with? WearAware. And uh, what is WearAware? What do you guys do? We're a digital agency. Mm-hmm. And what's your specialty in the agency? I focus on search and analytics. Search and analytics. What are you talking about? What do you mean? So that's... Uh, how you show up organically in Google, uh-huh. uh, it's pay-per-click, uh, uh-huh. and then how to measure all of that. Now, there's only certain certain kinds of businesses that should be worrying about that stuff, right? Nope, everyone should be worrying about it. Tell us a little bit about what types of clients and what kinds of industries you've been able to help. We work across a broad range of industries. Um, so we work with everyone, local companies, mm-hmm. who might do air conditioning and HVAC. Mm-hmm to really large companies that you might have heard of, like Pitney Bowes. Mm-hmm. So, and you're helping these folks, your specialty in the firm is helping them with a digital strategy? Yes, so I, I specifically focus on uh, all their search needs. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what do you like about that gig? Well, the, the industry is moving at a lightning fast speed, mm-hmm. and I love being able to help our clients guide through that chaos that's happening. So you come up with creative ideas and present these ideas to them regarding how to get them results from search and all that other kinds of stuff. That's correct. And you gotta keep involved with them because there's so many things changing all the time, it sounds like. Yes, constantly. Hmm, doesn't that frighten you, all that change? Oh, I think it's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I, I love mm-hmm. the constant pace of change. And What's the website address for the organization? It's wearaware.com. Let me have that again. Wearaware.com, W-H-E-R-E-O-W-A-R-E.com. We've been speaking with your name again is? Tia Flick. And this has been your Business Spotlight. I'm Tina Leone. I'm the CEO of the Boston Business Improvement District. And what is the Boston Business Improvement District? We work to attract, support, and connect the most compelling, creative, and ambitious minds in our region. Boston is known as an epicenter for research and discovery. Uh, Some of the greatest things that are invented, such as the MRI, the barcode, the internet, 
the first satellite, all were either conceived, funded, or developed by organizations here in Boston. How, how old is this organization? We're just, just shy of six years old. How long have you been there? How long have you been uh, there? Almost six years as well. Did you found this organization? Yes, I, I am the founding CEO. Why, why'd you do that? Well, they, they, the organization actually came about uh, by the commercial property owners in why, Boston. Why, why, why does it turn you on? Why does your gig turn you on? <laughs> people. I mean, we the, the, the ability to connect people and then who knows the next great idea is going to result from that. We have incredible minds in the Washington, D.C. area, and Boston is, as I said, the epicenter for the smartest people in this area. So your job, you're like the master connector. I feel like the mayor of, of Boston, the mayor of innovation, because that's uh -huh. what's happening. So your, idea, your, your thought is that in order to create more stuff, in order to launch more businesses, in order to cause more good, it's a matter of connecting exactly. the right people. Exactly. And you like being in the middle of all that I, stuff. Oh, we love it. We love it. And simple things, just connecting people through events, through art, uh, through a happy hour. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's going to come out of that. Mm -hmm. That's what's exciting. So it's all about the people. And you're the uh, you're the founder of this organization. Is this a nine to five kind of job oh, for you? Hell no. It's a lot longer uh -huh. than that, baby. So do you have to you have to work the weekends and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, sure, sure. Let me have the website address of this sure, it's organization. Bostonbid.com, and, and you can download Boston Connect mobile app. Let me have uh, let me have that website address one more Boston time. Bostonbid.com. Com. It's B-A, give me the spelling on that. B-A-L-L-S-T-O-N-B-I-D.com. Excellent. Your name again is? Tina Leone. And the name of the organization? Is the Balsam Business Improvement District. And this has been your business spotlight back in a moment. One help building your business with help from the show's CEOs? Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money. All the big issues because our CEOs have been there and done that. Succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that. Succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. Some of the CEOs who have appeared on our shows over the last 10 years may be willing to help you grow, assuming you've ser you're serious about your success, serious about your own success, because it all starts with the leader. If you're serious about creating your own successful business or truly committed to putting your nose to the grindstone and doing whatever it takes to make your business successful, we may be able to match you with successful CEOs who have created millions of jobs and earned millions of dollars to help you create your success. We've established unique relationships with a unique universe of over 7,000 CEOs who have created substantial wealth for their companies, their teams, and themselves. These women and men get the build in their blood and often continue to start and build businesses even after they've created substantial wealth for themselves because they love the challenge of building a business. Perhaps we can present you and your business to some of these CEOs to gain their interest in helping you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com to hopefully match you with some of the CEOs we've had on the show for the last 10 years. Mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen, and we'd like to introduce Leslie Steele, CEO and co-founder of InterImage. Leslie, what is InterImage? InterImage is a innovative IT services firm providing those services to the federal government. How large or how small is this organization? About 150 folks, uh -huh. 25 million. How'd you get the uh, How'd you get a job with this company? 
I co-founded the company with my husband. Uh-huh. And where are you from originally? Born in Connecticut, but uh-huh. did most of my growing up in New Hampshire. Uh-huh. And how many brothers and sisters? Three older. So you're the youngest of four. And what yes. was going on with you when you were 8 to 14 years old? Well, in that time frame, I was very much in recovery mode. What do you mean by you were in recovery mode? What are you talking about? When I was six, half of my family died in a car accident. Uh-oh. So uh, who? Uh, <coughs> so what happened? Well, it was my father, older brother, and older sister. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, so who uh, who took care of you? Well, ostensibly my mom, mm-hmm. but she was devastated emotionally. Mm-hmm. So I had to take care of myself. Frank. Um, Leslie, you had talked uh, earlier about finding your path. What what was that all about? It really was understanding how to take care of myself, how to raise myself as a young child, and w- how to uh, navigate life in a responsible way. Uh, that obviously must have been very difficult. Um, did you ever feel like you were taking care of your mother? Oh, often. Often. And how did that experience taking care of yourself, taking care of your mother, how does that relate to how you run your business today? Well, I, one of the things that's very important to me in running the business is making a difference for our employees, helping them advance in their own lives, creating an environment within which they can do their best work, be their best selves, and succeed and advance in their It sounds to me like what you're doing is healing yourself by uh, building this team. Probably. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Probably. Joseph? You mentioned in the green room that uh, a term, nothing stops you. What do you mean by that? Well, I think that's part of the sense of uh, self-reliance and responsibility that I developed as a young child. I know how to get around any blocks that are put in my way. How does that relate to what you're doing now with your company? Well, it's challenging starting and running a business. There are always things that get in your way and you have to think through what's a good practical solution, a good solution, and you have to keep moving the ball forward Mm -hmm. always. Jenny? So out of this tragic situation um, came the self-sufficiency and trusting your gut and trusting your instincts. How does that translate into being an incredible businesswoman? Well, I think uh, it's fairly easy for me to make decisions. Uh, Sometimes my staff wants me to even involve them more than perhaps I do because uh, so often the decision is just obvious to mm-hmm. me. Daniel? So you talked a little bit about um, you know taking solace in, in sports growing up, and I know you started in field hockey, but you really gravitated towards gymnastics. Talk to me a little bit about that and, and why you gravitated towards gymnastics. Oh, I really had a passion for gymnastics. I loved the grace of the sport. I loved the self-reliance. Uh, you had to stand on your own, on your own performance. Even though there's a team component, it's a very individual sport, 
uh, and you succeed and or fail on your own merits. So this this um, this grace that you talk about, you have a co-founder who's your husband in the business. Correct. What do you guys do different from each other? Uh, he is a classic entrepreneur mm-hmm. and ideas guy. And you? He, I am a, uh, I run operations. So you're, 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 when, when you talk about this grace, does that show up in terms of you have a natural ability to figure out where people fit on the team and try to keep everybody happy all the time? I think I do have a natural ability to understand where people fit, how to move things forward. Uh, and he has a very natural ability to connect on a very personal level mm-hmm. with individuals and develop a, a warm culture. Mm-hmm. Shirley? You talked about playing in the neighborhood a lot as a child. Um, what role did you take in that dynamic? I was a participant in those activities. and Why is there such a smile on your face when you're talking <laughs> about participating in those activities? Because it brought me a lot of joy. What brought you a lot of joy? Interacting with this group of people, all the exuberance. Are you talking about running a business? Are you talking about playing as a kid? Well, I would say both. What do you mean? Certainly playing as a kid, finding that joy and that exuberance, it brought to life the family dynamic I had before half the family died. And I think that that carries forward in running a business and understanding where people fit to bring out their best selves. Uh, There's a joy I feel in um, seeing that team dynamic and knowing that people are um, contributing in the best ways that they can Yeah, there's no question in my mind that you really get fed by the team because it fills in the family, doesn't it? Sure. Michael? So growing up, would you say there was any major influences or mentors in your life? In a large respect, I really was my own mentor. Uh, There are various teachers along the way that I really enjoyed uh, learning from them. But as a consistent theme, there wasn't a mentor that I had. Mm -hmm. I was always looking internally to understand how do I... Mm -hmm. What do I do next? Joseph, what are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking of just when you put your team together, your company, there's a lot of different generations involved. How do you deal with the different generations and how they how they uh, work, how they reward themselves? How do you reward themselves? It's a challenge because there definitely are differences, and uh, I have to step out of the way in which I uh, – grew up and what my cohorts valued in an employee relationship because it changes. So as a company, between my husband and I, we've really focused on trying to build a, uh, a embracing culture that is open and transparent and collaborative uh, and um, allows individuals to advance at their own individual pace and so you don't take anything for granted do you no why where's that come from you never know when 
something out of left field is gonna land right what, in your path. Is that the experience you had with losing half the family? Sure, that was a very so on one hand you don't accident. you don't take anything for granted. On the other hand, you get joy out of every moment. Yes, mm-hmm. Frank. Um, how did that experience as a child? How does it help you deal with the peaks and valleys of business? I think that I'm very pragmatic. And so I understand that there will be peaks and valleys, and you can't get over-enthused by those peaks, uh, and you can't feel devastated by the valleys. You have to be responsible throughout that path. Uh, We've uh, been very responsible in managing the company, so it's a very... Uh, secure company Leslie, financially. Leslie, do, do you have kids? No kids. Uh-huh. Uh, 150 kids <laughs> in the company. What do you mean by that? Well. Because uh, I believe you. Tell us what you mean. One of the things that really drives me is making a difference for our employees. It's about caring for them, caring about their future and their path. And I believe you. I believe you because you just told us you have 150 kids. Yeah, yeah. It really feels that way, doesn't it? Yes, Do they it come does. to you for personal advice? Sometimes, yes. Uh, regarding all different kinds of stuff. Who should I marry? What do I do about this? What do I do about that? All sorts of things. Mm-hmm. What's the website address of your organization? It is iimage.com, I-I-M-A-G-E.com. We've been speaking with Leslie Steele, CEO and co-founder of Interimage here on Executive Leaders Radio. And I'd like to thank, uh, let's see, we've also had the opportunity of speaking with Jenny Stone, founder and president of Partner Forces, as well as Frank Band, the managing partner of public sector, Cone Resnick, Jenny Ricard, president and CEO of The Common Application, and again, most recently, Leslie Steele, CEO and co-founder of Interimage. I'd like to thank my co-hosts. Joe Applebaum, Potomac Companies, Mike Rossnow, Arlington Chamber of Commerce, Frank Banda, Cone Resnick, Shirley Mowry, Hertzbach, Joe Masteler from PB Mayors, and Daniel Patterson, Brunch Digital, for giving me a hand structuring the questions. Hopefully, providing our listening audience an educational and entertaining show. I'd like to thank our listening audience for listening. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a radio show. Don't forget to visit our website. It's executiveleadersradio.com. To learn more about our executive leaders, executiveleadersradio.com. Learn more about our executive leaders. Thank you for joining us today. And do have a nice day. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Executive Leaders Radio, the region's premier radio show highlighting local executive leaders. We hope you've enjoyed the show here on 1500 AM. You can learn more about Executive Leaders Radio by visiting executiveleadersradio.com or tune in next time right here on 1500 AM. That's executiveleadersradio.com.